So if you could time travel, what time period do you think you'd go to? Oh, wow. Um, real, real thinker I started this one out with. Yeah, no, this is great. Because, you know, my love of music probably would, you know, people would probably think like 1969 or something like that. And, you know, Woodstock and yada yada. And, you know, that's pretty low hanging fruit. Um, I'm really going through like an early, like blues phase like with um billy holiday and and betsy smith and like i'm going through all that so maybe that but then i really am fascinated by like vikings and like what they did so that that's like go back a thousand years to rape and pillage and um i i'm gonna say um i'd like to go back probably that far and see you know normandy and and um i'm you know, I traced my genealogy back, and I, I go that back that far, and I'd like to see my kin. That would be cool. That would be really cool. When I decided to ask this question, I thought about it for a second. I'm not going to lie. My first thought was, I just want to relive the 80s, just now that I'm old enough, <laughs> as old enough to drink. Yeah. Um, I was born in 83, so, I, I mean, hard to remember those first few years of how great the 80s were. Oh, uh, so... I was born in 73, so I remember the 80s. Oh, okay. You don't really want to waste that by going back to the (laughs) 80s. (laughs) Um, I mean, even though arguably, like, 84, maybe 85 was probably one of the best years for music. Mm -hmm. Like, it was See, I'd love to go back and experience that now that I'm old enough to at least remember it. Yeah, I mean, I remember that was the time where CDs were coming out, so... Yeah, no shame here. My first CD. Um, <laughs> well, hold on to that because that's actually a question. I'm. Go- I was gonna, one of the questions I was going to wrap up with. Ah, uh, nice. Okay, I'll so, hold okay, on to that. Okay, let me. Uh, I but we're probably, talking eighties. Yeah, we so are. So there. we should go into the intro. I, of course, thank you for tuning in to the new episode of Stories from a Bar, episode twenty-four. Actually, I'm your host Chris Osborne, and I'm today. I'm hanging out with Jim Gilbert from the Capital Region-based online publication Nippertown. So, how's it going, Jim? It's going wonderful, and. You picked this place. I absolutely love it here. So <laughs> it was like, um, no, this is great. Where I, I I couldn't imagine being in a better place. Um, so thank you for inviting me. I, awesome. I, yeah, thank you. First off, thank you for taking the time to meet up with me and hang out and chat. And secondly, let's talk about where we are because this is the first time I've been here. I know you are fairly knowledgeable about this place. We're actually hanging out, we're recording this episode in Albany, of course, the Albany Distilling Bar and Bottle Shop, located on Livingston Ave here in Albany. Uh, what do you know about this place? This is actually my first time here, believe it or not. Yeah, so it's not like I, I frequent the place. I'm not a huge um, bar guy or drinker, except when, you know, if there's music, I go to bars and um, just to find the music. But no, I've been here, I talked to the owner and, and he kind of gave me the tour and <laughs> First of all, you have to, a podcast won't do this justice in the sense of people need to come and visit it. They absolutely do. And this, even photos won't do this place no, justice. No, and I need to do be better at taking photos because this place is super cool. It has that hole-in-the-wall type field, all brick, but it, but it's just awesome. Um, so, you know, and, and it's kind of weird to get to because, you know, you get off 87, you head toward um, the palace, you take the right... And you don't think there's anything down here until I, you get to, like, the beer garden or, you know, down down that way. 
and so you take this little left and it's like what's this oh yeah i and, drove right by it actually yeah and and you can really easy and so rumor has it that this place was one of the um gangs was occupying it when they kind of bought it so they had to oh, really? like, you know get rid of the gangs because it's not far from arbor hill but the nooks and crannies um when they redid this place they kept that integrity the floors are amazing the brick you can um, see the age with the inside of the building in a good way and you can but you could also see how strong it is too oh like, yeah absolutely. there's no sags or anything and when you go outside um i mean it's january um but this summer or the spring the outside area like the little court they do have the a really cool outside courtyard area that we just peeked our head out at and um when i came i got to see um steve jenkins and we were just talking about that because i'm jealous so third eye he did do a solo acoustic show here not really not all that long ago honestly time goes pretty quick yeah it was a month or two ago and um so he third eye blind was getting ready to tour out and um starting their tour out and they were done with europe and coming out and going to be in boston so he did a one-off solo here for um weqx's 35th birthday yeah and so it's real cool so big shout out to well we i should also mention while we are at the albany distilling bar and bottle shop the main place where they distill all their stuff really just down the road right around the corner right around the corner and they have some great stuff and why don't we talk well first off thank you to the bar and bottle shop for letting us hang out and record while we're drinking of course Secondly, what are you drinking there, sir? I'm having our, an artisanal um, brown ale. Um, I tend to, when I do drink, I tend to go a little darker, a little fuller body. Mm-hmm. And this is absolutely delicious. This is the nectar of the gods. <laughs> um, this... Arti- ar- I love artisanal. They make some really great stuff. Of course, up in Saratoga there. I even had an episode where I hung out with Kurt, one of the owners there, who was oh, a really good guy. Nice, yeah. Now, this is, um, it's just, for a brown ale, it's just incredibly smooth. It goes down. It's like drinking ice cream, <laughs> beer flavored. It's just so creamy. It's so good. Um, so, shout and out to them. And I am drinking a, a New York sour, baby, with the Albany Zone Ironweed Rye. Some homemade sour they have here with some orange juice and float red wine according to their little menu here and i gotta say i don't drink a lot of uh mixed drinks or liquor but this is quite tasty yeah so their ironweed um they have the rye they have the um bourbon and stuff and i got to try that the last time i was here and it's again it's really the the fact that we're distilling this stuff in the area um we have distilleries again oh yeah it's, it's um unique i i find I just find it really um, incredible where we're where we're going with the arts, and we like fine food, we like fine drinks, we like fine beer. We like, you know, we are, um, you know, I think we're we're reaching out for the little pleasures of life, you know, mm-hmm. and we're gonna take it wherever we can get it. And we we spend a lot of time and money in on entertainment, and. Um, that's kind of where like sites like Nippertown come in as we kind of tell people where to go. Yeah. So where to spend that money. And um, one last thing before we move on to Nippertown, because we're definitely going to talk about that. We, uh, as we were taking a little stroll outside, talking about how 
the building that the they set the bar and bottle shop in here is actually a 19th century Nabisco factory. Yeah, so the story that I heard... So a little more history about the building before yeah, I move on. So Nabisco and the crackers, so the story I heard is this opening, this courtyard, they used to have the horse-drawn carriages come in through the courtyard and load up with the crackers or whatever, um, the bakery stuff. Um, and then go back out. So that's why the courtyard was in there, so the horses and the carriages can come. In. And I don't know if that's true or not, but they told me. And I mean, why would you lie about something like that? It so. seems pretty hard to just randomly make up. Yeah, you know. And it seems like a pretty big opening out there that would perfectly it, fit a horse and buggy. And, and they could totally turn around in there. So <laughs> absolutely. You know, I'm waiting for them to put horseshoes down there. Like that's almost. A, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be cornhole, but there's a lot of cornhole games around. Yeah. Yes, there is. Let's talk about Nippertown, man. What, uh, for anyone that may not know, we'll talk a little bit, of course, how we got started and everything, but just right off the bat, for anyone that might not know, what exactly is Nippertown? So Nippertown is a local website. Um, namesake is right here down the road on um, Broadway. There is a 25-foot-tall dog, yes. white dog. I've got um, some fun facts about him written down. You know, so he's 25 feet tall and he's four tons. He's the largest man-made dog in the world. And we have him here in Albany. And it happens to be Nipper from the RCA, his yep. master's voice. Um, he was so, the, the mascot for the, well, the electronic company itself isn't around anymore, but they left the dog. They left the dog. <laughs> the new owners um, actually refurbished the dog. There was a lot of like people. Oh, did they really? They, they weren't sure what was going to happen. And. The um, new owners of the building, and I, I know who they are, and I, I'm blanking, but definitely give them props. They actually redid the dog, so it's all fresh paint. I didn't and, know that. Yeah, so it's that's why it's looking as good as it does. But, you know, that's become sort of the symbol of one of the symbols of Albany. I think a prominent symbol, a fun symbol of Albany. It, it's fun when you're driving into Albany, for anyone that may not know. It <clears throat> really is one of the first things you just see sitting atop the skyline that Albany has is just this giant dog sitting there. So the um, the gentleman that started Nipper Town um, in 2009, um, you know, he kind of came up with that name that it's Nipper's Town, Nipper Town, and and that's of course Greg Hames, who like he ran Nipper Town for the first ten years, and um, and sadly he passed away this past April, um, and he was going to retire from the site in May so they mm -hmm. could travel. So really untimely and really sad and affected the music community it affected the whole arts community and the whole community in a huge way what's really cool is if you go to the nippertown websites uh nippertown.com right yep uh, a really great article in the about section and that talks all about greg and he was in a really pretty successful band back in like the 70s or late 70s and early 80s right yeah so he was in um blotto he was sarge blotto <laughs> And all the guys in Blotto... Um, I should mention, when I went to... I read the article. It's very informational. And I recommend reading it if you go to check out Nippertown. But if you... I just Googled the word Blotto. Apparently, it is a... Uh, it has a definition about being extremely drunk. Oh, yeah. yeah um, <laughs> um, wasn't it? No, I guess it was Bluto or Blotto. Blotto was the character in um, Animal House, wasn't he? Blot I don't remember. Wasn't that... Um, John Belushi's character was Blotto. Was that know. his name? I don't remember. I will have to look that up too. But yeah. um, so this this is going to have like little fun facts. Yes, they were right in this, or no, they were wrong. But yeah, so Blotto and they all had their own names, and and 
Greg was um, Sarge Blotto. Magic and, of the internet. Keep talking. I and, need to know this right now. And um, their, I mean, big claim to fame was that they played their, one of their videos was on the first day of um, MTV. When MTV first went on the air. After Video Killed the Radio Star. That was number one. And yep. these guys, I, they were either 36th or 38th um, video of the day. And it was, um, I want to be a lifeguard. What's... You know, Blotto was sort of a tongue-in-cheek, fun um, <laughs> band, but it did have some success. But that whole era of music here, whether it's the Units or the Sharks, you know, we had some incredible music coming out of um, coming out of Nippertown, coming out of Albany around that same time, and some of those um, some of those guys are still around. We are unfortunately losing a lot of those musicians as well um, as they're getting up in age. Um, we lost Greg last year. We lost um, Tom um, Dambros, what was the saxophonist of the Sharks from that same era. And um, we lost Mother Judge. And we, we just had a really tough year here in the Capital District for our musicians. But with Greg, you know, when he passed, everybody wasn't, you know, everybody wanted to know what was going on with Nippertown. And his widow wanted to find a good home that was going to kind of keep the legacy yeah. and maintain an archive. And I, um, you know, it took a couple months, but I talked to her and said, you know, here's my plan and here's what I'd like to do. And she kind of dug it and here we are, you know, so myself and Laura, who's my significant other, we're actually running it. So I'm the publisher. I run the back end, the website and all that. And she actually is my editor. Bluto. I just finally found it. It's Bluto. Bluto. B-L-U-T-O. Okay, so I was close. Um, Blotto was B-L-O-T-T-O. Yes. All right. Well, we were close. We were close. But um, so, yeah, so Laura is my partner in this, and um, she does the editing, and she's kind of, she pushes a female voice out there. She does a lot of art articles. That's cool. And when we go to shows, it's nice because she'll write the review, and I get to take photos, what I like to do. So, uh-huh. But yeah, Nippertown is a lot of fun. And the community that is surrounding Nippertown, it's growing. We still have all the old contributors, or most of them, um, but we have a lot of new contributors. We now cover food reviews. Um, I was going to say, I know just reading through, uh, reading about Greg, he was definitely music focused. He was music. It was like, uh, seemed like an encyclopedia of really of the local music um, culture. And that's was essentially the goal when Nippertown started, right? It was really music focused and then just kind of grew out into more cultural type stuff, right? Yeah, so Greg was um he was also an artist. So he was a musician and an artist. Oh he was an artist too. Okay. Um, I didn't know. Yeah. And so they did a little bit of art, but that was one of our things is we wanted to expand more our um more theater. We have like great theater writer in um Patrick White. We have a great food critic in Chris Shaw um, we have other people who are writing the same, those type of things. We have um, Susan Rice, who kind of writes a little bit about yoga and stuff that's going on in the local community, like when they have yoga in the park in Washington or fun things on Lark Street. Yep. Um, so we try to keep our finger on the pulse. We have photographers, people like Tim Reedy and, um, you know, Andre Plarchak and um, these photographers, Steve Nover, they, they go to... 100 concerts a year i mean they go anywhere i go 
these guys are already there. <laughs> and so they go to a lot more than I do at this point. And if they photograph, we share their photos. You know, I've just, I, I can't stress how lucky I am to get to know the people who already were contributing or the new, Yeah. Um, you know, Don Wilcock is our blues writer. He wrote the authorized biography for Buddy Guy. Did I mean, he really? He, you know, he shows me his interview catalog from the last 50 years. He started writing when he was in Vietnam <clears throat> about music and he's interviewed anyone and everyone. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it's an amazing repertoire. So um, to have him on staff is just, um, to have him contributing is just amazing. And then we have Jay Hunter who does um, the Sienna's Jazz 2K and he's, a wealth of information about jazz and Rudy Liu, who's a jazz photographer who goes up and down. And we're just so lucky because it's not about one genre. Yeah. It's not about one person. It's really, truly about the community. In fact, you know, one of the big changes, I think everybody associated Nipper town before with Greg, because he was, um, he was bigger than life. He was a rock star, right? And, uh, he had the perfect silver bat hair going back and <laughs> he was a, he was a good-looking dude, and well, he was charismatic. It was his wife that really put the website together, yeah, though, right? Yeah, she's definitely she was the technical side. Yeah. Um, so Sarah's the technical, and he was that showman writer, and so you know, but he was the face of Nippertown. and um, so when Laura and I took it over, I'm the computer geek, and she's the writer, <laughs> and neither one of us wanted to be the face of Nippertown because, well, I'm not as pretty as. Greg, um, <laughs> that's just uh, that's let's be honest. Again. You know, it's, um, I'm just not that pretty. But so what I did is I redid the logo and I made Nipper a much more prominent feature. You know, Nipper pins. Nipper Nipper is the that's the symbol of Nipper Town. Um, and uh, actually, <clears> one <throat> side note I should have mentioned earlier: actual Nipper from Nipper Town, actually named after a real dog. Yeah, yeah, real dog. I wrote this down somewhere. It was owned by a little dog owned by a painter in Liverpool, England, actually. Yeah. And they named him Nipper because he was just biting at everyone's ankles. Yeah. So um, similar to Greg, one of the things we have in common, one of the things Greg and I definitely have in common is he loved learning and reading and finding new things out and facts. And so I researched everything I could about Nipper. And when I go down a rabbit hole at night, you know, and I find a new band or I hear a song. Oh yeah. I just, I go down that rabbit hole. One of my favorite things to do is actually drink a bottle of wine and just look for new music to kind of get lost in. Well, I could tell you the Albany music scene is absolutely amazing because one of the things that people might not know is we are tied for ninth, or at least we were with Seattle for, um, for, musicians per capita oh wow so of course like tourist cities like las vegas or whatever are going to be a little higher but we were ninth and that's actually pretty amazing yeah you can't you know you can't throw a mic without hitting a musician um (laughs) but um so you know some of that means we struggle because it's hard to keep all those musicians out on the stages but we do have great venues all the way around but we have, you know, we have folk singers. Um, I had lunch today with Chris Shaw, who is an Adirondack folk singer, mm-hmm. um, little another local legend. Um, we have the Troy community, 
the Troy core. We had some of the best hardcore bands um, in the 80s, 90s come up through here. So we have a great hardcore scene. We have jam bands that, you know, just blow your mind. And then then we have these little gems. Um, I mean, we have funk and jazz and it, it's such amazing. But right now, if anybody's listening and still listening, you got to Google Girl Blue. Girl Blue. Just Google Girl Blue. And um, I mean, there's so many good musicians around here. There really are. So that's just one name. And then when she plays out with another band called Dark Honey. I've seen that name, Elise, Dark Honey. Yeah. And they did a um, collaborative um, with a dance studio in Troy, the Troy Foundry, I believe. um, But a dance studio in Troy. And they did um, Dark Blue Sea. And they added a third band called the Sea the Sea. And they, they did a dance routine. And I love seeing different arts communities, different bands collaborating together. And then they even added a local cinema movie picture company called um, Chromoscope, who's putting together a lot of the music videos for the local people, local bands. Um, We have so much young talent. We have so much old talent because, you know, at one point, a rock and roller at 30 or 40 they would stop playing yeah but here on any given night you can go to a place and see somebody who was really active in the 70s or 80s still playing um it's it's, it's yeah there's there's no shortage of shows to catch on a weekend that's for sure no and um there isn't and not even during the week um like i'll be honest like tonight um if I wasn't here talking to you, I'd be up at the Cock and Bowl for Evan Murphy, who's the lead singer of a band um, called um, Mile 12. And, right. um, you know, great bluegrass band. He's the lead singer, and he's in this little place up in Galway. Um, great food. You know, half an hour away, hole in the wall, you know, barn. It's a barn. But the acoustics are great, and it's going to be amazing. Um there's so many venues that people <laughs> so, don't even know about. There, there really is. It's actually quite shocking when you just so if, look if, at stuff if, around. If anybody ever wants to get slapped upside the head, all they have to do is come find me and say, there's nothing to do here. And if they say that, they might go, I might go, wake up, wake up. There's so many. And there's art galleries. We have new art shows at, um, we have, we have like 60 local theaters that are doing plays and musical like oh yeah like local theaters we have like 60 oh it's so good Nippertown is for people that want to get their ass off the couch and do something if you like getting off the couch and going to the theater going to a gallery going to a show eating good food having a good beer just getting your ass up that's what i want Nippertown to be that, that's, that's the- what i want it to be that was freaking motivational my friend <laughs> <laughs> sorry i talk a lot no no it's perfect for me because i could just sit here and sip on my drink yeah no you get drunk and i just keep <laughs> rambling and rambling that's that's what i shoot for <laughs> all right so i i am curious obviously when the website started back in 2009 unfortunately greg passed away yeah. around the middle of last year what was it you saw in Ippertown that made you and your fiance right yep interested in approaching his wife and wanting to take over um there was just a sense of community with Nippertown that you felt the energy and you know i'm not going to pretend that i knew greg really well i didn't i wasn't part of that circle mm-hmm. um 
I would see Greg at shows. I would be photographing for another publication or I'd be photographing for the band or whatever. And I would see Greg and we were, he was always kind. We always would say hello and chit chat, small talk. Um, you know, but as a photographer, you kind of dress in black and you go up to the stage and you try not to be seen. Yeah. Like, so try not to be a spectacle out there. So I knew him, I knew who he was and knew what he stood for. I liked his writings. I liked going to Nipper Town and finding out what was going on, you know. And, you know, with Laura being my partner and she loving the arts and music and as well, she was already writing um, with me at that time before we took over Nipper Town. And we just thought it would be a nice project to do together. Like, um, we had the skill set. Yeah. The community had this hole. When, when Greg passed, there was this... Um, there is this vacuum. You know, you take somebody who's really larger than life. Yep. You know, I don't use the term rock star lightly. Like I, I say, you know, he was a rock star, but he really was a rock star in this community. You know, he'd walk into a room and people would want to be by him. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it wasn't the Beatles and screaming and, you know, throwing panties and bras. Maybe it was. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know him that well. Maybe back in the early 80s. We it could have been. But when he passed... His memorial service was at the Ag, and um, oh wow, I did not know that. Yeah, we had a little memorial. Uh, we, I, I went, I went and, and attended, um, and um, with one of my best friends who who happens to run um, the spot, what's a local paper, Mike Hallisey, and we went and pay our respects. But the outpouring of love there, like genuine love for this man was um intimidating mm-hmm. to take it over but it was also inspiring um i felt like the community needed something and i was just arrogant enough to think that i could <laughs> pull it off maybe and again laura's freaking incredible supportive you know she's just you know she's encouraging so um when i talked to her about it i'm i'm sure she thought it was freaking crazy but we just said, yeah, let's, let's try. What's, you know, yeah. what's the worst we can do? Make asses out of ourselves? Yeah, <laughs> want to be the first time. And um, I'm sure everyone that was previously involved was certainly willing to keep the name going as well, too, right? Yeah, just about everybody. Um, you know, a few people, Greg's passing, because um, it, was, it was sudden. So his, his passing took the wind out of a lot of people and so some people it took some time to recuperate mm-hmm. you know and and um, recover from that lost and and i i didn't approach sarah right away it it was actually the site was down um from april to um through june and we opened it back up um you know the very end of june started it again and we did a little teaser and you know like just a logo and and didn't even know if anybody was looking at the site because it hadn't changed in two months you know and when i did the new logo i shared it with sarah first to get her approval and i shared the site like i really you know laura and i are making the site uniquely ours Mm -hmm. but we want to make sure that people know where it came from and yeah we pay homage if you don't know where you've been how the hell do you know where you're going it's a fair point. You know. Certainly a wise statement. Yeah. Well, luckily Greg's friends, 
he had a lot of them, a lot of good friends, and they've been some of my biggest cheerleaders and support. That's um, awesome. You know, so I don't think we would be here without Michael Eck, who's just another wealth of knowledge and information and kindness. People like Chris Shaw, who mm-hmm. I, you know, and um, just, it, yeah, no, his, his, his closest friends were our, you know, they were rooting for us because it kept Greg's legacy alive. Nice. So they're, they're really kind. That's fantastic. But uh, Nippertown's not the only thing you do, of course. I was reading that uh, what is NY... You have another website you started, right? NYS Music? NYSmusic.com is another site. It's statewide. So, you know, I've been involved in music photography and um, writing for a while. And um, about five years ago, started um, NewYorkStateMusic.com with... Um, we, we were at another site we were at upstatelive.com we were running it for somebody else and decided to kind of branch out and do our own thing and um so that's statewide you know our peak with new york state music we had about a hundred thousand visitors a month wow um we have a little less than that now but we're going through a reorganization and we're trying to figure out things and um i have a plan i like i'd like to see it grow in a um possibly into I would probably like to see it grow into like a 5013c and um, a nonprofit and make it really a resource for local musicians um, that would be incredible yeah so one of the things I found out with like Nippertown is how much fun it is to do hyper local yep you know we yeah we cover like I photographed Celine Dion when she came to town yay and um, I photographed the Jonas Brothers when they came to town but that's not the same as going and f- photographing or covering a band like Glass Pony, who mm-hmm. opened up for um, last week. They opened up for the Ominous Sea Pods and God Street Wine Show or Hartley's Encore or Ampervine or these local bands who Hans Solo and just these local bands that leave it all on the stage. Yeah, you know, and they're leaving it all on the stage for. I'm gonna swear, but no, it's fine, man. They're leaving it on the stage for fucking pennies. Yeah, um, they are not getting paid much, and that's not the promoters. The promoters we have in the area do everything they can for the artists. It's just we have so many venues, so many bands that the money's thin. It, it, it's, it, it's thin. Just not it's just Yeah, hard to get your name out there. Um, so yeah, I tend to cover the bigger bands because. I've been doing it for a long time, but I like nothing better when I cover one of the smaller um, local bands and the energy. And Nippertown reminded me of that. They re- It reminded me of how much fun it can be to um, go in a club and shoot, you know? <laughs> well, I, I mean, you've talked to, certainly talked a lot about photography and taking pictures. You even uh, freelance photographer, right? In your spare time? Yeah. So my day job feeds the belly and photography feeds the soul. <laughs> you know? how, did, how did you end up getting in photogra- into photography? What was it about that that really piqued your interest? Um, so I f- go figure. I talk a lot. I'm a hyperactive, you know. Like back- I said, that's perfect for me, man. You know, so back in when I was in school, um, I was, it was before there is. Adderall and Ritalin and all that good stuff. So I was just a hyperactive <laughs> kid. 
um, hyperactive kid. And so what they did was they would give me things to do. And one of the things they gave me to do was they gave me a camera and computers. So it was pretty early on all that. So I learned to shoot at a pretty young age um, film. I learned to develop mm -hmm. um, in a dark room by the time I was a teenager. I still miss that smell. My middle son is actually minoring in photography in college, and he gets to go. Oh, really? He gets to go in a dark room and develop film. Never gone into a dark room to develop film. And I, um, I told him I was like, wear the same clothes every time you go in because I want to smell that. You know, stop. Um, Not gonna lie, kind of creepy. Yeah, and I, I'm glad he hasn't listened to me on that because you know, he's 20 years old. I don't want to smell it. But I do miss the dark room. But yeah, so I got into it really young. And back then, you know, I was a kid, so I was photographing cars. And I remember photographing Packard, um, the old Packards. Um, Computers? No, the cars. Oh, the cars. Okay. And yeah. uh, some guy in my hometown area, I was born in Herkimer. They, he had a car collection. And That's right. You are um, a fairly local guy. Herkimer's local. Yeah. Herkimer's pretty local. Yeah. You know, and I just photographed different things. But I was big into Corvettes and cars and whatever and trucks and in the lines and then in college i photographed quite a bit um and then i had kids and so life stopped but how did i get into music photography you know in college i did do a that little bit that is where of, i was going with this yeah you know in in college i did photograph i think i photographed fish in like the early 90s and a few other bands it was always in the music but um the big the big boost was get a divorce and find something to do so at, after <laughs> okay. after you get a divorce you have to you're either gonna drink Advice to live by you know like if you're gonna get a divorce you gotta um you know you either drink have massive amounts of sex um be a whore or do something <laughs> i like where this is going or do something constructive so what I chose to do was I chose to get into photography. I'm not saying any of those other things aren't constructive. I, I no, guess that's no. all to, in the eye of the beholder. You know, so I had my choices and I chose to dive into photography. And um, I had friends who were photographers, world-class photographers. Um, and we went down to, you know, Las Vegas. We went down to Vegas and um, I met with a concert photographer from San Diego who literally wrote the book on concert photography, Alan Hess. And we friended each other, and he taught me the ropes. Oh, wow. Um, so I did it that way, and then I shot clubs. I shot free shows in clubs, in dark, dingy clubs, and I built my portfolio up. And I started submitting it to different publications, and I did it the hard way. I did it maybe the right way. You know, people ask all the time, like, can I photograph a show? And I'm like, sure. You know, I'm thinking, do it the right way. Start at the low beat start at Polly's hotel yep. Eden cafe maybe maybe the hollow even though that might even be too big for a starter and they're yeah. like you know can i photograph a show sure what do you want to photograph can i photograph zach brown at spac like yeah <laughs> that's not gonna be your first it's not, not gonna be an easy one to get into for the first attempt. you know um not gonna be your first show but yeah that's how i got into it and then i built my way up and i really did I did my most in the metal world. I yeah. got into the hard rock and metal world. I had a few big breaks, um, some bands that really liked my stuff and um, brought me along with them. Three Days Grace, they bought some of my photos. And, really? And I was out in um, Ohio and they introduced me to like a shitload of other bands. It's, 
oh, this is Jim. This is our favorite photographer. He's amazing. You know, and then other bands like out there was like Soundgarden and Smashing Pumpkins and Corn Holy and, shit. and all those bands until they're like, oh, okay. Do you want to, you know, shoot? And yeah, yeah. You know, and I and know I was, of course, looking through your website, JTG Photography, right? JTG Photo. Photo, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Lots of awesome pictures from stuff. You certainly had some pictures of Chris Cornell. Did you have a chance to meet Soundgarden and Chris Cornell before he passed? Um, no, I've shot, I've shot him as Chris Acoustic, yeah. and I shot him as um, Soundgarden. I didn't meet him officially. I have spoke to his widow. I oh, spoke to have his, you really? Um, yeah, they've used a few of my photos and some memorial stuff, and I'm happy to give that away. Like I don't. Sell oh that. yeah, no, I, no, I don't. I don't monetize my stuff very well, but same genre um pearl jam um eddie vetter ended up liking one of my photos and it was the cover of pearljam.com for about a month that's amazing um so you know i've gotten one i wanted to ask you about andrew mcmahon i saw you had some pictures of so andrew mcmahon and the wilderness yes um and one of my favorite artists i actually had a chance to meet him in poughkeepsie years ago because i answered some five questions in like a trivia contest so they gave me like some vip thing to go in and meet him before the show really nice guy and i got an awesome picture with him so he is a nice guy and i he, that was um i photographed him when he was at um upstate concert hall and it's amazing one of the things i do at Neprotown is i look back and say 20 years ago this happened or 20 years ago that happened or 50 years ago this and the number of bands who came through who were just starting out Yep. And they were in some of our smallest venues here. And, you know, people are like, oh, my God, you know, the police played the hullabaloo in, in Rensselaer in, or um, the Ramones played, you know, this club or that club. And J.B. Scott's has a whole dedicated following to all the great, incredible bands that played there. And nobody knew those bands at the time. Yep. I mean, when John Cougar first played J.B. Scott's, it was so empty that he just called everybody up on sta- stage and anybody there got to meet him and hang out and party. But, you know, and so people are like, Oh, we don't get people like that anymore. And I say, bullshit. We do. Oh yeah. We, we do. We get them. They just, you have to go to more shows. Yeah. You have to, you know, you, you spend $10 for a great artisanal beer, spend $10 on a, Fucking go check out some local artists and concert things. ticket yeah. and and even if you don't know who they are get your ass off and go buy the ticket i was uh when i was working on some notes Excuse for my this abs- this is what it's for man when i was working on some notes for this I, knowing we'd be talking a lot about music and things i started thinking of past shows i've gone to at least locally i was trying to think of like what's what's the biggest band i've seen that's really blown up afterwards and uh i think it has to be a Green Day show I went to, actually, but this was during the Nimrod days. Okay. Just before Time of Your Life, they released that as a single. They played Union College in the hockey rink, only half full. Yeah. And it was fucking awesome. I'm talking, I was in, I, well, this wasn't, this was had to be like eighth grade for me. <laughs> I, you know, I, I saw Foo Fighters where you could leave where you were by the stage, go get your beer, and come back and walk straight, not to the stage and nobody would bother Can't you. imagine that's not possible now. Uh, no. Yeah, I don't think, you know, let's go see Dave Grohl now. I, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. But um, we had, uh, you know, the Lumineers were, did a free show in Clifton Park not that long ago. Uh, what's and something I've noticed about Albany that's really cool is you get some big names that 
come through and will actually just pop up randomly for like free stuff. Like I mean, you mentioned we had Stephen Jenkins here at Stephen the distillery Jenkins was do here. a quick little um, solo thing. Yeah, there, so, I mean, Tulip Fest once May rolls around, I think it usually is. Yeah, get we, some good name bands. We have Tulip Fest. We have, um, of course, which I saw Everclear at, and at Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind. They played a Tulip Fest. That was awesome. Everclear. Um, that's a band that he, it, he it's he's got to get over it. Um, <laughs> his his dad sucks. We got it. Yeah, we got it, man. Your dad. I still sucked. Uh, but get I mean, over I it. was a big Everclear fan. I still enjoy him. But yeah, yeah. But no, we have some great bands. And the other thing is what disturbs me so much is we have a band and nobody shows up to the opener. And I'm like, you're missing the future of the music scene, whether I've it's seen, a local opener or not. Yeah, but it's I've the openers. I've seen some great that, openers at Upstate Concert Hall where I've bought their CD afterwards and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, there was an opener I sticking out of my mind, Iron Tom. Um I don't know why just stick it, but they they blew my mind. American Sharks. Um, that drummer had like the smallest kit in the world, and he had so much. He, he reminded me of Animal, the uh, Muppet. He was just <laughs> so good. And American Sharks, and these are bands who have rolled through, and like our biggest band in the area, State Champs, used to play bogeys. Yep, pop all punk the time, band. and they would play, and they would hustle and sell tickets, and. You know, their first tours, you know, I would talk to them after when they were back in the area. And, you know, they were like, yeah, we were eating peanut butter jelly and, you know, playing for gas. And yeah. And now they're touring the world, you know, and um, and people who say, man, I could have should have, you know, you you could have seen these guys when they were, you know, when they were heavy and they were here and they were locals. Hyper local. That's the cool thing about local shows is, I mean, you can enjoy them when they're really good, and then you have that to look back on. If they ever actually do blow up, then it's even it makes somehow makes it even more amazing. Yeah, it's funny though. Like when you have a show, sometimes where like, um, you know, a band might have played like the Hollow, and or when it was, ca- you know, Bayou Cafe or a venue like that, and you know, the place only fits, you know, two, three, maybe. 400 people if you want to stand on each other's shoulders or whatever but say 300 people and um you know you have somebody go through or like fish i think played polys with fits maybe 100 people at most but did they really but you know you can have a band something like that and you have 3,000 people that say i was there (laughs) so that's the nice none of them remember it anyway you know that's the nice thing about being a photographer is when I forget where I've been, I just kind of go through the photos, and every every once in a while I go through old photos, and I'm like, "Oh man, I forgot about that show." <laughs> uh, as I was flipping through your photos, one more I want to mention: Andrew WK. Okay. Only because I work with a guy who, back in the early 2000s, during you know like his peak. I, uh, maybe it was MTV2 had a show where artists would show up at random people's house and throw them a basement party. Guy I work with, Andrew WK, randomly showed up at his house for a basement party. So Andrew WK, um, I don't even know if any of your listeners are going to know who he is, but he is the original party boy. <laughs> um, he, he looks the same as he did 20 years ago. He did a very select two-day show in New York City down at a place called Subculture of Bleecker Street. Uh-huh. So I, again, if you know New York City, 
you're in Manhattan, you're on Bleecker, you're kind of not far from just, it's got a, a life of its own, right? I was actually the only photographer they allowed. Um, and he played there only two nights. And if you look at those photos, he was playing a um, piano, grand oh, piano. Yeah. And it was unique, grand piano show, Andrew WK. I mean, if, and, you, um, if you don't, if you only know him for, uh, what was the name of his? Party Hard, right? Party Hard. If you don't know more about him and that's all you know, you'd be blown away by the kind of talent he actually has. Yeah, so there were some, um, there were some guys who definitely were there for the Party Hard oh, thing. Oh, yeah. And they stormed out. And um, the weirdest thing is, you know, so... I was there as, like I said, I was the only photographer allowed. And so I got to walk around and photograph and stuff. And I walked by um, Seth Rogen. Oh, really? Really? And we looked at each other and nodded. And I kept going and he kept going. Like it was like New York City is just, it's a a whole nother world. It's, um, you know, we stopped for a second, nodded at each other. Like I had a job to do and he was Seth Rogen. man. You See, know, I've gone down. So cool. Another thing about living in Albany that's cool is you can catch a train down to the city and like a two and a half hour train ride. So I go down on occasion, but unfortunately, I still have not run into anybody nameworthy. Yeah, yeah my um, stepdaughter lives down and um, she lives in um, Harlem right now. Um, she's going to NYU, finishing up this semester. So she's down in the city. She gets to live there for two years, which oh, wow. I think great. And um yeah, there's a lot of activity. Now, she's not really into that. She does the whole opera and yep. classical thing. but Different kind of crowd. Very much <laughs> different kind. But again, amazing. And and if you like that type of music, oh yeah, um, you know, not only do we have SPAC that has the Philadelphia Orchestra, what is one of the top five orchestras in the country by far. It's unarguably one of the top five orchestras in the country. And um, the Philadelphia Summer Home is at SPAC. The Albany Symphony is a Grammy winner. The Schenectady Symphony, what is not as well known, um, a lot of the people that play in Albany play in the Schenectady one, and they have their own, um, you know, their conductor um, is amazing. It, we have classical. We, ha- we have it all. You name it, it's in Albany. I think so. <laughs> one thing, actually one thing that we were talking about briefly before we started talking that I need to make sure we do talk about now is you turned down some marijuana from Snoop Dogg. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> I got to hear about this. So, you know, college was college and I did all the things that you do in college and um, I stopped. Um, I did smoke in college with a shocker. Um, but the last time I smoked was January 20th, 1996. Kind of weird that you remember the date. Yeah. You know, you remember the dates of things. And um, so I haven't. So, you know, different times over the years, I've had opportunities. The basement of Bearsville Theater, sitting around the table with the original Whalers. Um, Family Man was there. Family Man was in the Whalers before Bob Marley. Oh, wow. You know, so he was the, really the original. And he was there and um, his son and Drummy Zeb. And, and they were passing around like the biggest, fattest joint and every time it got to me i just passed it on and passed it on so you know and um you know so i i just i gave it up um like i said 96 so what is that like 24 years ago yeah and um just about yeah you know and um and so you know we had um i had an opportunity with willie and i had an opportunity with snoop and um and 
bunch of other people. And so I always joke Willie around. Willie Nelson, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so, and, um, you know, the, the interesting thing is like local bands, some do, some don't smoke. But um, I always say, yeah, no, if I've passed it up with these guys, you know, don't take offense. I just don't do it. You know, it's just not my thing. Um, I don't care if other people do it. Yep. But um, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I can't do it myself because of my job yeah, and everything. Yeah. So, But it's not anything I ever really got into. Yeah, no, it was just um, not my thing. But, um, you know, I, I managed a stoner rock band. What was very much um, part of that culture, an incredible band. Um, that was out of Saratoga and um, I still say one of the best rock bands that one of the best bands we've ever had in the area Jesus Christ and the hallucinogenic all-stars nice it's an amazing <laughs> the, the guys um, the most uh, talented do you know the band Goldfinger yeah they have a song and every time anytime I hear a musical reference to Jesus they have a song called hand jobs for jesus yeah and yeah. i just think of that and just crack up i don't know why it's you just know, burnt into my brain you know and when we when the band um wanted to tour and we were touring through the midwest i was like i, I have to admit i was trying to get them a little bit to change the name because i was like <laughs> we're gonna go through and we had like jcha is the name you know like oh that's probably JCHA. a rough spot to go and, through and, with a name and, like that and the jcha was really cool because um one of the girlfriends of the guys in the band was able to make it an ambigram and you know it was it was neat the whole thing it was just it was an amazing experience and i didn't smoke during that time either you know and it just chose not to and but one of the things with the music community is there are a lot of um a lot of traveling musicians a lot of musicians in recovery yep so if you don't want to drink or if you don't want to smoke you don't really get any pressure like it's really the most Okay, yeah, whatever, you know. Oh, that's cool. You know, one of my first dates with um, Laura, my fiance, um, I won't say the artist, I won't say the venue. <laughs> we got invited into the green room and, um, you know, laying there on a the table was, you know. This is an off the air thing. You know, no, nah, it's it was a pile of this and a pile of that. And I mean, it was, it was pills and coke and pot and it's just everything right and beer and and um, interesting she, first date and, and she was like um i gotta go <laughs> and so <laughs> she she turned around and walked out and um i was actually interviewing the artist so i stayed and i drank water and he could care less. yeah he was fine like there's all this stuff around yeah, i feel like I, that's not really a concern of theirs as long as they get what they want yeah and they don't care like i said it's it's very um very relaxed environment yeah. so um musicians you know, for the most part, pretty chill. And so, like uh, what kind of future plans do you have for Nipper Town? So, Anything you you'd like to see it do or cover yes. going forward? So, Nipper Town, I'm always looking to um, expand. Mm-hmm. Um, always, I've only had it for six months, so <laughs> I'm definitely looking to. Not geographically, we cover Nipper Town. We cover Albany, Schenectady, Troy, Saratoga. Um, we We'll go occasionally to Woodstock and occasionally to Lake George because we have a couple good festivals in each. And yeah, Lake George um, has some, especially once summer rolls around. You know, in Hudson and in you have Helsinki down in Hudson. What's a great club? You have the Colony. You have Levon Helm Studio. You have Bearsville. What's going to be opening back up because they have a new owner in Woodstock. So you have some great venues down there. So that's about it. So we're not going to expand geographically, but what I want to expand into is um, more genres. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a recent partnership. Um, partnership. We have a collaboration with um, 
few people in Troy, Ralph Renna, who um, used to run Capital Underground, what was um, definitely into heavy music, and Art Fredette, who owns um, Radio Radio X and the um, experience, and he covers a little bit of everything, and I work really well with Mike Hallisey over at um, the spot and he covers his stuff. So I want to, and you know, I want to bring in more collaboration. I yep. want to collaborate with you. I'd like to, I'm all for it. You know, I'd like to post these up on the site so that it adds exposure. So we have all these little media companies and I would like to be the consolidating factor that we pull all the arts together. So yep. um, we have a guy who writes about art in, um, David um, Brickman and and he does get visual so we pull in his blog and um, have a good relationship with EQX and WEXT local radio stations you know everybody does their thing Um, my thing is I'm a web developer I I pull it together and I like collaboration so I want to grow it there I'm looking for a craft beer writer I'm looking for a craft whiskey writer like I want (laughs) I want people to hear about all the great craft beers we have in the area. I want oh, them yeah. to hear about the, you know, the great craft distilleries, um, artisan distilleries we have in the area. Um, we have great coffee in the area from, um, we have a bunch of different roasters in the area. I yep. mean, everybody knows about Death Wish and they're amazing and wonderful. And a lot of musicians up there as well that work there mm-hmm. and own it, you know, like, but we have other, other roasters. And so I want to expand it to be more than you know i want more genres more people involved i want more contributors awesome you know um i'd rather have 200 people write one article a month than you know 10 people write 20 articles well it's great because that gives you 200 different views on things and and i'm okay with that the one thing we don't cover is we don't cover politics just like you don't cover politics it's really my only one rule for this show you know it's pretty divisive um and, um, you know, we might cover a show here or there. That's one way or the other. But we don't do that. But other than that, if it's creative, I want to I wanna cover it. Nice. Yeah. So I got just two questions to wrap up with. Sure. And you started to go into this, and I stopped you. first. And it's a question I actually came across on Twitter recently. That uh, What was your first CD? So I actually had albums and cassettes way before CDs. See, I know I had cassettes, but I don't remember cassettes the first cds i vaguely remember which is why Um, it hit me yeah so you know what's again i was born in 73 so and i'm the youngest of a bunch of kids my parents you know i was the youngest of seven oh wow um and there was quite a different range so we had eight tracks in our house um i got exposed to a lot of good music young See, you when know. I when I was a little kid, my dad, I know, tried to get me. He was a country music fan, and he tried to palm that off on me. But I had an older brother that was a metalhead, so he would threaten to beat the shit out of me if I started listening to country music. And yeah. it worked. Yeah, so um, I um, I was just enough, just far enough that my siblings didn't care. My two that were immediately older than me were two sisters. Yep. So I was just a little brother that, you know, I would listen to their stuff, but when they played it so when i was little i was into michael jackson and um prince and you know all that good stuff yep. but my first cd was duran duran's hungry like a wolf nice uh, yep so yeah that was my first cd when i saw the question my response was it was either green day's dookie 
or Boys to Men 2 were both masterpieces, but then I started thinking more about it, and I can't rule out that there was either a Celine Dion or Tina Turner CD in there. So I, I had Dookie on CD. I had Dookie on um, cassette. I had a lot of things on cassette. So I had a big, I had the whole. I had some Ozzy Osbourne. Um, I had a lot of Ozzy on cassette. Albums on cassettes. Um, I had a seven-inch vinyl of um, Wasps, Animal Fuck Like a Beast. Um, I was into metal in seventh grade. I, You know, Ozzy, when I was in seventh grade, had like the Ultimate Sin album and stuff. Oh, and, God. Um, and I, you know, I was a metalhead, but I also spent a lot of time in the gym. And at the gym, they called me uh, Motley Crue Bastard because I listened to a lot of Motley Crue. And I had a lot of um, Alistair fiend t-shirts what was like the whole motley crew alistair fiend so i was really into that and van halen again yeah no i i definitely was into hair metal and um and then in the 90s grunge but a lot of cassettes i had all um all the led zeppelin albums on cassette before cd friends who exposed me they're like oh if you like Guns N' Roses, you should listen to... Or you like ACDC, you should listen to this. This is where they got it from. And then you listen to it and I'm like, oh, this is good. Yeah. Oh, this is good. And the last question I have, because I feel, I'd feel remiss if I didn't ask. Pet dog, do you have one? We have two. Two. And they are our world. If you looked at my phone... <laughs> Which is why I believe it, I've seen a picture or two. Yeah, yes. if you looked at my phone, I mean, my background is... is Being that we're talking about dog. Nipper, of course. Yeah, so we have two. Um, we have Eleanor Roosevelt, or Ellie. She is nine. She just turned nine in December. Um, she's been a therapy dog for a, quite a while. Oh, wow. Um, golden Retriever. Um, and then we have... I don't know if he's a puppy anymore. He's about 18, 19 months old. It's Truman. Um, I like he's the names. Also a golden retriever. That's a fantastic name, Truman. Truman, yeah. And um, they sleep with us. They they're golden retrievers. So I mean, we have two yep. seventy pound dogs that are in bed with us at night. We're <laughs> we are crazy, and you know we bring them where we can. You know, Greg and Sarah had love for their dogs and pets, and we definitely have that dog yeah. love. And um, both of them are actually therapy dogs. Truman passed his test when he turned one. Oh wow! One. Um, Laura is a social worker in Schenectady School Districts. Mm-hmm. Um, and up at Four Winds, that's where she is tonight working. Or up I would in have, Saratoga, right? Yeah, or yeah. I would have brought her in because she would have like squeezed my leg a handful of time when I was rambling. But <laughs> um, she keeps me in line. Um, what's good? But yeah, no, we we love our dogs, and um, hopefully, I think they love us. So oh, yeah. my my girlfriend and I, of course, have Zoe, which is a Beagle Australian Shepherd mix. Oh, nice girl. mix. Yeah, Beautiful. she's. She's colored like a cow with white and the black spots. So, the up and curly. The only thing beagle about her really is the head. The rest of it's like Australian Shepherd, so super puffy and furry. A tail that curls up. It's pretty. It's pretty funny looking, actually. So you you were saying that you are from Schenectady and you yes. live in that area, same area as me, Niski and stuff. So I'm gonna make a couple recommendations. I don't know who you use for a pet store, but anyway, head to tail is the bomb. Um, but other than that, in the summertime we have Music Haven. Yep. And I don't know if you go there, but you can bring Zoe. Oh, wow. Um, Music Haven is an outdoor venue, and um, they bring in music from around the world that you will never see anywhere. I really? Mean, it's just yeah, amazing, the music, really, truly world music. Um, it's interesting. Um, Mona Golub from, you know, known Golub's are known for, like, the uh, Price Chopper yep. thing. But Mona... Um, 
is probably knows more about world music than anyone I've ever met. Interesting. She's just uh, an encyclopedia of world music, and she puts together this um, Music Haven series, and it's it's like a passport around the world. And you know, they'll have a bunch of shows, but they'll be from you know India, or they'll be from the Middle East, they'll be from you know African, they'll be Congo, they'll be whatever. And they come in and they play their style or their take on rock and roll from their style. It, it's just an it's amazing experience, and you can bring your dog. It's awesome. dog friendly. Well, for anyone out there with a dog, definitely check that out. I know my girlfriend and I will certainly look into it. And, and you asked um, one of the things that I want to expand Nipper Town into. Yep. I do want to set up a, um, a menu, a, a section of Nipper Town that are dog-friendly restaurants, dog-friendly nice. parks, and dog-friendly venues. Yeah, because that um, is, well, what's great is with breweries, a lot of them have outside or just open areas where you can, you know, have a dog and things like that. Yeah, because we do like bringing our dogs places, and, um, and you know, Greg and um, Sarah, they would do dogs in Nippertown, and they obviously it was about their dogs, but one of the things that Laura's talked about is we talk to musicians quite a bit and we talk to different people in the community and they all have dogs or not all of them, but like you have a dog and stuff. And we kind of want to do like maybe a weekly or bi-weekly article on the dogs in the, in the music community. <laughs> and um, that would be pretty fantastic. Actually. You know, and truly bring out the dogs in Nipper town and, um, but be dog friendly. Like yeah. we are, um, yeah, we awesome. care. Well, that's a great way to uh, wrap things up here. It's a doggone good way. It is a doggone good way, my friend. I, I, I should have a dad joke in there. That's right. I, I have a friend that we did a whole episode of just drinking and dad jokes. Oh, my God. <laughs> for Father's Day. Best thing ever. Exactly. So that's going to do it for this episode of Stories from a Bar. Big thank you, Jim Gilbert from Nippertown, for hanging out, having a drink, sharing some stories. I really appreciate your time, of yeah, course. Thank you for having me. Uh, be sure to check out the Nippertown website at nippertown.com, as well as following them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, to keep tabs on all the cool shit that's going on around town. Anything else you want to throw in there? No, I just I want to thank people that support us and but more importantly those that support the arts and especially the artists, the musicians, the the chefs, the um, actors and actresses, the dancers, the people that make living actually worth living. Absolutely. If you feel like you've got nothing to do, just take a look at Nipper Town and find something to go to because it's there. Get your ass off the couch. Get your ass off the couch. And, of course, a big thank you and shout-out to the Albany Distilling Company and their bar and bottle shop here for letting us hang out, have some tasty drinks. We really appreciate them. Be sure to check out their website and their Facebook to see the cool events they have going on. A big thank you to everyone out there for checking out the show. Be sure to like it on Facebook and follow Stories from a Bar, as well as Twitter and Instagram at StoriesFAB. And you can find the show on Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Stitcher, Spotify, and even YouTube these days. So be sure to subscribe. More importantly, leave a fantastic review. It is seen and, trust me, very much appreciated. Help spread the word. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.